0: There was an idea. The two podcasters could join together and cover every single superhero television show and movie that exists. Scott and Chris combined their talents to form Bingestorm and to make this idea a reality. Then Barry Allen popped in and reminded us that short of having time altering super speed, there's no way in hell we can accomplish that in one lifetime. We'll do what we can. Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV, the Preacher Cast, covering Preacher Season 4, Episode 4, Search and Rescue, and going to be an unusual show tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, because I'm not going solo, but uh, the usual cast of characters is not here, and also apologies for this being late, because I can't seem to assemble the usual cast of characters, because we always have, we have busy lives, and that's, that's no biggie, because we adapt and overcome, and we've uh, actually got a special guest today, because she lives right here in the studio, so that's convenient. <laughs> We're here with a uh, laugh track, Tina Patterson. You may know from over on Garage Show Gloat, and, and in the background of various things we've done that makes her laugh. That so it is true. So say hello louder. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and uh, you know she watches all these weird TV shows with me because uh, that was part of the deal, and she decided to want to be with me. And <laughs> silly girl. <laughs> and so we we've. we've got her watching all of preacher and and so she was the obvious choice to to sub for pat and chris and, and brian and beth who i uh you know hope to have back obviously for some of the rest of this show but um we usually can't like include tina because i don't have the facilities to hook her up to a second um pair of headphones so she sits here and listens to the podcast and only gets to hear my side of it, for the most part, until I start editing. So uh, so she gets to hear the whole thing this time, because she's on it. So we're going to do our usual uh, recap here, detailed recap, and uh, stop down as usual, and laugh about some things, and talk about some things, and, and hopefully get the show out tonight sometime, whenever tonight is that you're listening to this, so... We'll get going, and <clears throat> there's the first cough I have to edit out. <laughs> so, we open with Star talking to God uh, and, you know, de- being depressed that he had Jesse dead to rights, and God says that Star really wanted to have Jesse suffer, so they'll make him suffer, and it's actually kind of a flashback from the, the previous episode, and when Star asks God what he wants, God says that he wants to know how his child is doing, we're um, not sure if we... He means is he means uh, who is still lost, of course. And uh, Star says that Jesus is going to be there soon, um, but of course, he's not talking about Jesus. Uh, the All Father says that he saw him this morning in high spirits, and God says the Humberdew is integral to everything, and he tells Star to do his part. And he will earn his long lost reward, which is a pristine visage. You know, his his ear back, which we really all kind of wish he had his ear back, don't we? Oh yeah. So things get nasty to look at. Um, (laughs) And obviously the the scar on the top of his head that he can't wear hats to hide. And God says that they're going to carve that vagina into Jesse's soul, and Star wonders what he means. It's being metaphorical, I'm sure. And God says that his great design is at work, and it's going to be beautiful. So back to the Pilot Steve and Jesse show. Uh, Pilot Steve announces over the intercom they're still on the plane that they've hit a hitch and tells Jesse to be calm. We saw a little bit of this in the last episode, too. And God is in a, a seat nearby and yells in triumph as the plane goes down. And uh, later in the ocean, Jesse uh, swims to a life raft and gets in with Steve. And Jesse calls to the sky asking God if that's the best he's got. And it we should find been out. Been better. Yeah, we, yeah. Find, we never asked that question out loud. Particularly to an angry God, you know, because if anyone's got more than that, it's going to be him. Back in Masada, our buddy uh, Toscani and his men take the captive Cassidy through the hallways to the helipad. Hitler and his people cross their paths and they're on their way to meet with Starr and and Jesus presumably for a big conference about the apocalypse. And Toscani is duly impressed. You know, the big wigs are here. And when he gets to the elevator, he realizes that Cassidy and uh, his men have disappeared. And Toscani goes back to find Cassidy alone on the gurney. And Cassidy says that he killed the guards, breaking their necks after picking the lock with the angel's feather he acquired uh, last episode. Toscani doesn't believe him, but he points his gun at Cassidy's head and advises him to laugh when he can. Uh, yeah, just one of his positive speeches. Cassidy breaks free of the strength, supposedly holding him and beats Toscani down quite viciously and continues beating Toscani, clubbing him with his gun. And Toscani tries to crawl away, and Cassidy rips open his jacket and bites him. And afterwards, uh, Toscani says that it ain't right Cassidy slams, as he threatened to do, um, he slams uh, Toscani down on his own shotgun uh, into an orifice that will let you figure out on your own, and he blows off the top of his head just like he promised. Cassidy then impersonates Toscani's voice on the walkie-talkie, saying the vampire is on the way to the hell pad. So apparently the skincare commercial and the Bensonhurst stuff was like, I'm thinking a nightmare, because he obviously never made it to Bensonhurst to be hooked up to the actual machine, so I don't know. I guess that was like his fever dream or something. I think so, yeah. Yeah, Unless he's going to get there later, because we've been playing around with flash forwards and stuff this season, uh, because of Sam Caitlin, who's a writer on Breaking Bad, so he's a writer on this too, so that's why we've been getting some Breaking Bad call-outs. Uh, but, but sufficiently nasty and gory as this is a pretty gory episode in general. if you get some you know, extremely good, good brain liberation and uh, hand liberation in a little bit here. <laughs> 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 On the ocean, a storm comes up, and Jesse bails out the water from the raft. Steve insists that they're going to die, starting to panic. But Jesse says they won't, and Hitler was wrong. Uh, The pilot points out that they're uh, lost at sea with no transponder when Hitler told Jesse he'd see him in hell soon. So that's what we're talking about there. pilot points out that they're lost at sea with no transponder, but Jesse tells him that they have to stay positive. He insists they're going to get to Australia one way or another and tells Steve Steve to stop whining and actually uses the voice to tell him to be positive. And the the pilot's like, yes, we're going to make it, and starts bailing things out. So Cassidy takes the elevator He um, runs into Tulip. Lara draws a gun on Cassidy, not seeing Tulip in the elevator, and asks him where she is. Cassidy stalls and, and wonders why Tulip would come to save her. Uh, more Grail guards arrive and the elevator doors close. Cassidy tells Lara that he hasn't seen Tulip, and Lara um, orders her men to lock Cassidy, Cassidy up and clean up what's left of Tuscany. Tulip comes out of the elevator a minute later, gun drawn, and Hoover two tells her to come with him. And she has no choice but uh, do so rather than attract attention. detention. So she's still trying to stay undercover. Laura and her men lock Cassidy back up in his cell, and she hits Cassidy in the stomach before leaving. Uh, she goes out, locks the door, and tells her men that uh, now they wait for Tulip. And they're literally just, like, waiting there, and Featherstone's got a mean look on her face, ready to ambush her. Cassidy tells the Archangel that Tulip uh, came back for him and figures that she's going to keep coming back and that he's worried, uh, you know, Our Archangel's like, well, what's the problem with that? She's trying to save you. She likes you. And, uh, Hoover, too, tells Tulip that the emissary needs a personal valet and we don't know who the emissary is quite yet, but as they go in, Tulip claims that she has work to do in the prison area and tries to get out of it and suggests that she goes down and sort it out. Hoover tells her, uh, Hoover 2, sorry, tells her that the man in the room will bring about their plan at the summit between heaven and hell uh, and warns that refusing the honor would be treasonous. So Tulip and Hoover 2 go into the emissary's suite and advises her to respond positively if the emissary touches her. Creepy. And once Hoover 2 leaves, uh, Tulip checks the hallway outside sees guard. she goes back into the suite and checks the window and Jesus Christ himself comes out of the shower and greets her and we're not talking Humperdue we're talking the actual Jesus Christ that we got a flashback to a couple seasons ago uh, who was sleeping around with uh, you know desert women and stuff and creating his lineage <laughs> So he's still around. He really did resurrect, and apparently is uh, semi-immortal because he's the same age. And uh, Cassidy tries to pull his uh, manacles out of the wall without success. Uh, and the archangel talks about flying free and bring food to his infants. He asks Cassidy if uh, his girlfriend is coming, and Cassidy insists that Tulip is Jesse's girlfriend. It's my mate's girl. And he explains that Lara and the yeah, others, another tulip's coming. When she gets there, they're going to kill her. But the Archangel points out that Cassidy is setting the trap that will get her killed. And Cassidy says he's going to break free and then kill the Archangel. So just Cass taking no more shit anymore. Uh, the next day, Steve looks at the sun as Jesse checks their supplies. His legs are badly bleeding, and uh, Jesse looks for medical supplies, but there ain't much of them. Steve is still positive, and and Jesse finally voices him to stop being positive because he's getting annoying, and the pilot screams in pain until Jesse voices him not to feel pain anymore. Steve, now not being positive anymore, figures they're going to die, and Jesse tells him that the whole thing is just a test from God. Jesse says that God wants to see what they're made of, and they're going to show him. Steve wonders if he doesn't believe in God, and he says he doesn't think he does, and Jesse tells him he doesn't need to, but believe in him. As long as he believes in Jesse. Pilate agrees and chuckles. Jesus looks over Tulip and confirms that she's going to be his valet. And uh, Tulip agrees. He introduces himself and they shake hands. And Jesus tells her that she's in trouble. There's a knock in the door and Jesus has her answer. It's Star who steps in without noticing Tulip somehow. And Star bows before Jesus and said that Masada is at his disposal and Hitler has arrived. He assures Jesus that he doesn't have to concern himself about his ear, you know, which Jesus is obviously noticing Uh, Which you know, Jesus fixed his ears man. He should have hit him up right there, you know, in the the whole just before he was crucified I don't know if you know your biblical stuff, but one of his disciples cut off one of the soldiers ears And uh, Jesus, that was when he was like, no, don't fight on my behalf. Turn the other cheek. I'd forgotten about that. (laughs) Yeah, and he he picked up the soldier's ear and and just plopped it right back on there. So Stark could have had some free work done, and he blew it. I don't know why. Uh, You got, you know, the the healer and savior of mankind sitting right there before you. (laughs) She didn't want to, you know, it's an important conference business going on, so I guess he didn't want to distract him. So uh, Star says uh, the hints, uh, Tulip's face is familiar, uh, but before Tulip can draw her gun, Jesus asks uh, when he gets to see Humperdew. Distracted, uh, Star tells him that they'll meet him when the time is right, and once he leaves, Jesus, Jesus points out that Tulip is in trouble once again. Hoover 2 prepares the summit conference room with nice little, you know, presentation booklets saying Apocalypse 2020, 2020. on them. You know, very organized. Got to have an organized apocalypse. Little nameplates and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. Hitler from hell. Jesus heaven. <laughs> Top, top-notch professionalism. Star comes in and asks Hoover 2 how they're doing uh, with a clone replacement because they're at this point just trying to figure find a clone that can do the song and dance that, that Humperdoo does. So not having a lot of luck finding him. Ian says that no one can know that they lost Humberdew, and Hoover two says that they'll have a replacement. Hoover two tells Star that he's noticed that Star is, is languid and depressed, and he says, you know, he should he should buck up, little little soldier. You're the All Father. You got the power of the Grail at your fingertips. You're about to kick off the apocalypse. Everything's looking up. <laughs> Once he's alone, though, Star looks at the presentation back. And his foreskin ear falls right (laughs) onto the pocket, and I had to run for the bathroom and puke (laughs) my guts out onto a photo of Jesse, of course, because when it rains, it pours in Star's world. Sometimes it pours foreskin ears. (laughs) Gross. Really, I, I, you know, I've watched some gross ass movies and TV shows over the years, but. You you still give me the Arc Factor, preacher. Well done. (laughs) Jesus sets up a makeshift uh, sail and and figures all they need is wind. A wind comes up, and Jesse laughs in triumph as he steers the life raft. And Jesse talks about how Tulip taught him to build a sail, along with, you know, what we say, something like he once saw her build a rocket launcher out of a lawnmower or something like that? Uh, (laughs) They realize. Suddenly, that uh, Steve's hand is gone, uh, bitten off by a shark or something in the water because he didn't feel it and he's been trailing his hand in the water uh, because Jesse told him not to feel pain. So he's just sitting there with bloody, bleeding like, stump. And... That looks like that should hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hmm. <laughs> you know, Jesse's throwing on a tourniquet and uh the sail blows off the raft then of course and angry jesse tells god it's between the two of them and steve's going to die and you should leave him alone steve wonders what god said and jesse's still lying to him tells him that god said soon you'll you know my plan will be soon and you guys will be helped (laughs) tulip apologizes to jesus i gotta set the special effects work again too pretty pretty good dismemberment stuff there they're really using using the budget to full effect this season (laughs) tulip apologizes for jesus uh lying for lying to jesus earlier and gives him a real name she's sorry that she got him involved in this stuff and starts to go jesus offers to help rescue her friend and tulip points out that things are going to get violent and possibly deadly she doesn't think he can help but jesus says that they'll see and as Lara and your guards are still waiting, uh, one guard complains that he has to go to the bathroom. And, and instead of letting him go to the bathroom, she just finally turns around and shoots him in the head. And then they hear someone coming, and it's Jesus. And Lara and her men bow to him. But Jesus says he's there to bless the prisoners, and, and Lara's not having it. She's just uh, go to one of the other prisoners. And he's like, no, I want to bless these prisoners. And Lara's just like, there are no prisoners. And then, of course, he hears Cassidy yelling. And Lara's just like, nope, not happening. You, you may be the son of God, but I'm in charge of security here, so you're not happening. <laughs> and uh, Jesus returns the the sweet looking, all depressed, and like just tells Tulip that it didn't work. And, you know, it's like, ow oh. Cassidy finally all but rips his hands off, freeing himself, which he literally kind of does. He skins himself to get out yeah. of those. That was pretty nasty too. Just gore-laden episode and you know cringeworthy uh so he climbs up to the archangel and bites him as promised and falls to the floor below of course get the flashy thing and the angel reincarnates out the cell door and comes in he's just like idiot you know i can get us out of here and just flies them both out steve talks about how you know he thought he'd die and it wasn't going to be in a raft and in the middle of the ocean he says he should have had more sex with strangers priorities (laughs) <laughs> he says that he's ready for the test to be over And admits that he's done a lot of bad things And, and Steve uh, figures that Jesse is God And begs him to save him And Jesse voices him to live Steve feels the power But you know, he tells Jesse that he lied and dies anyway Tulip and Jesus I think uh, I remember correctly I thought Jesse No, Cassie like, asked him to do it on his On his son denis a couple seasons ago but i don't i think he refused to even try yeah yeah Uh, tulip and jesus go to the prison and jesus warns that it's a trap and it's madness and guards come down the hallway and tulip eyes jesus tells her to worship him by kneeling um so you can't see her face and steps out Tulip does so as the soldiers approach and Lara arrives as the soldiers kneel and orders them up. They go with her and Tulip asks the man at the end what happened. He said that the prisoner escaped. Uh, go with her and tulip ask, yeah. Jesus and Tulip go to the cell and Tulip says that now they'll find. Uh, go find Cassidy then she'll do whatever the hell she wants and Jesus asks if he can come along. Clearly a bored savior. We find out actually the next episode you know. He hasn't had much to do in, in 2,000 years. Yeah. <laughs> so Jesse wraps Steve's body in a sheet, or probably what was left. Yeah, a sheet and places in the ocean, says a, e- says a eulogy, and, of course, just piling on the misery. Sharks eat the body as he's standing there watching. And disgusted, Jesse tells God that he's an asshole. And Jesse hears laughter and then looks over, and he's like ten feet from the Australian beach. That yeah, was the best yeah. part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a bunch of people on the beach and shit. And we were just watching this preacher in a boat throw a body into the water, but no one called the cops on that or anything. I guess and the Saint and Eugene reach the Gulf of Mexico, and Eugene confirms that the Saint can hear Jesse uh, using the voice in Australia. He's like, how are we going to get all the way to Australia? Well, the saint, this is almost like a a cartoon. This was worthy of like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. (laughs) The saint draws his guns and blows on the hammer until it's red hot and then shoots at the water and the bullet heads toss right through the center of the earth. Uh, The bullets blow a hole, which you would think would cause an earthquake somewhere or something. Um, An Australian is surprised to see a hole open up in the beach and the saint shoots him in the head for his troubles. And walks off and Eugene climbs out of the hole as well and goes after the saint past the life raft and that's where we end off today uh, so moving this story along the saints in Australia Jesse's in Australia Tulip's uh, so possibly trying to get out of Masada and, and rescue Cassidy who now doesn't need her rescuing um, so yeah search and rescue right there in the title kids um, yeah, the over overwhelming theme of this, uh, episode was other than search and rescue is bloody, disgusting foreskin droppings and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and we, we actually cheated and have seen the, the new episode early. Um, so we're not going to spoil anything from that one, but that should be, that show should come out soon. Sorry, this one's going to be a little late. Um, any your thoughts, Ed? Um I think that Jesus is one of the coolest Jesus that is, I don't know, his, his, just his demeanor is like... Yeah, yeah he's, he's you know. a mellow Jesus. Yeah. He's good, you know. <laughs> he's too mellow, you know. Um, uh, I'm loving the actor that's playing him. He's actually like... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's... Uh, a member of a band that did one of the songs for the show and they stuck her you know he must have done a screen test and and they made him do and and jesus and he's been with us ever since so i was a little surprised to see the actual jesus show up because I, I don't think that was i don't think that happened in the comics i don't recall exactly but i don't think jesus christ was an actual person in the comic you know he like I don't think they made him this immortal thing that was still around. You just had the Humperdew family. Oh. Um But they, they must like Tyson Ritter is his name. Must, must like his work enough that they... He's, he's uh, literally on the main marquee when the titles go. So he's a, you know, a, a starring member of, of the cast now. So um, He hasn't done much acting, but he's, he's done a bit. And I guess he's done a bit over the years. Since 2006... But he's... Uh, I guess that's his band. I think it's the All-American Rejects is his band. He's in, been in a couple of things. He was in House. The new 90210 uh, series. So there's a good one for your resume. Uh, Parenthood TV show. Wicked City. We have not heard of that. Uh, there's various TV stuff over the last few years. But uh, he's gotten his most work on Preachers. So they they've been nurturing this talent uh yeah he makes a great jesus and a great pretty good humperdue too yeah um (laughs) but uh yeah i I don't know where that's going now because that that is different from the comics and said there wasn't no no, tulip wasn't running around with jesus now i'm gonna get like real ick factor if like jesus and, and tulip hook up or something that would be kind of weird even weirder than like if her and you know, it's implied that her and Cassidy are hooking up in the beginning of the season when they did that flash forward, right. you know, that they think Jesse's dead at one point, um, which is in the comics. Um, actually in the comics, they don't actually, you know, get together in that way until they think Jesse's dead. And, you know, it's, but in this show, it was you no know, first season in the back of a car for some reason. Um, <laughs> but whatever, uh, still enjoying it. And, uh, looking forward to the rest what do we got like this was episode four i think we only have 10 total right let me check that Uh, yep 10 so rapidly we're almost at the halfway point oh how are they gonna wrap this all up in five episodes i don't know but we shall see so Maybe a nice short one for you guys this week. Wow. Yeah, this will be like epically short. Uh, unless you feel the need to babble more. No. Nope. Babble on, baby. Babble on. This is <laughs> your first first official time on the mic, kind of. Except for that Thor Ragnarok uh, that we never actually produced. <laughs> Sorry, David Paskerville. <laughs> um... So that's PreacherCast. Uh, hopefully we'll have some of the the regular crew back next time. If not, me and Tina will nail another one of these out for you. And it'll be like infinitely easier to edit, possibly. So I don't have to zip out Skype stuff. So that's going to be kind of neat. Uh, but this is Weekly Heroics. We'll be back with you next week. Whenever next week gets here. I know.